0: This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world, hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blattcast, as always. I am Christian Blatt for a little Halloween-themed Blattcast. Uh, I'm excited to be joined by our guest, Carlos Danger, Carlos, thank you so much for being with us
1: today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, a few months back, I had uh, Tukey on the show. And uh, I don't know if you understand the background on this, but uh, Tukey, uh, America's uh, favorite uh, wannabe Muppet, uh, he's really ca- caught on. I'm glad I got him when I did.
1: When you say uh, favorite, do you mean like most racist, I think you're trying to say? Well, favorite unless you're Italian.
0: You yeah. Know. Okay. So I All think, right. I think that's Clark, right. kind of where it goes.
1: And uh, we had
0: him on because I thought it would be fun to get him to come on and talk about uh, the movie Oppenheimer because it would be super serious. And let's like have a puppet on that uh, hadn't seen it. And, uh, you know, he and his pal El Harible confessed that, you know, they don't really know a lot about movies, but you would be the person to talk to. So uh, I reached out to you and I, I appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Thank you very much. And thank you to Tuki and El Harible, but not that bastard Cardiff electric. He can go jumping. <laughs> yeah, he
0: well, interestingly, this is the first time I'm doing a show with you, except in a technical way. I was a guest on last week's Yo, Remember the 90s? Let me Which guess. About they horror me fat. Movies.
1: Did they call me fat? Break it to me easy. It,
0: it did come up uh, that uh, that you yeah. were fat. And, you know, look, it's very easy for Cardiff to call people fat when you're a potato. You know, when you're a starch, you know, but yeah. And they, you know, Cardiff had put some clip together that was like all jumbled up, you saying nonsense. And uh, but, you know, I think it was a fun conversation because we got to talk about uh, I got to talk about Silence of the Lamps, and uh, I I rewatched it for the first time in a very long time. Uh, I think I rewatched everything when the Hannibal series was on. So I'd seen it within the last decade, but it's still been a while. So it was fun to do that, and uh, Cardiff brought Blair Witch Project, and uh, Obnoxious John brought Scream. So I thought it was a good, it was a good cross section of '90s horror. And we're here today. We're going to talk about horror. We're going to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And as I keep explaining to people, oh, you're going to talk about the 1974 Toby Hooper classic? No, 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 no. We're going to talk about the 2022 Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's about influencers or celebrity chefs or some shit like that, that I, I, I even after seeing it, I'm not entirely sure, but the movie
1: wasn't sure either.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the movie had a little bit of an identity crisis. The movie would have liked to have also put a mask of human flesh over it uh, so that it couldn't see itself. But I wanted to take a moment and just sort of explain, uh, you know, as much as you want to say about who you are, but uh, also what you do as, as an insufferable bastard as you are, uh, just to let our audience know a little bit about you.
1: Yeah. So we're a YouTube page, Insufferable Bastards. It's myself, Brian Spears, and OJ, the guy, Obnoxious John, you, you just yeah. mentioned. And we're essentially a, a YouTube channel that's out of ideas. We launched in 2016 as an audio-only podcast. Failed miserably. It was under another name. It was myself, the guy, Brian, who's a special effects makeup artist. He does. He works oh, on all cool. types of uh, movies and TV. He's based in, in New York City. And this third guy was this dude, Joe Greenberg, who was a screenwriter. And he actually sold a script after we launched the podcast, and it got named to The Blacklist. And he sold it to a major studio. Right. And just for our, our audience who
0: uh, might not be
1: so savvy on
0: that, I, I've known people who have ended up on The Blacklist. And it's a very cool thing where it becomes, it's, it's literally this list, but it's not a blacklist in a, in a negative sense. You know, this isn't like uh, the red scare. This is like, these are really great scripts. Somebody should read this and, and make it, you know, try to get attention. And some of that stuff, you know, I can't think of a good example, but there's stuff that goes on to be hugely successful that if it hadn't been on the blacklist, people might've never read it. So your former crow host had something on the blacklist
1: right it's it's he got paid for it it hasn't been produced which is a, a way with a lot of those but my experience sure. with it he then left the podcast he was just oh. see you guys and that was the end <laughs> of him uh no. so we were talking about so he so uh
0: first. it's a little bit of an inside baseball from the uh the w-a-t-p verse so he crowsed you is what you're trying to say
1: that's right yes he okay. was gone the first chance <laughs> he had uh so we were we, we were talking about how our movies in the beginning with him and, and I'm a during the day, I'm a, a news reporter, I'm a local news reporter, like a like hyper local, think your your local rag, but mine's online, and it's sponsored by a nonprofit. Uh, so that was the the three. And then we, me and Brian, we, we changed our name. And we just talked about movies in general and television in general. We did that for a while, we got kind of sick of that. But we've always been Howard Stern fans, the two of us our whole lives. Sure. We're both from the New York City area. And, yeah, I I, uh, I
0: grew up in Orange County, New York. Uh, so like forty five miles northwest. Oh, okay. of okay. I'm city, from Westchester,
1: so. So. northern Westchester is right. where I was. Where I was. Yeah. Born. So yeah.
0: and and where I grew up, it's right where the suburbs start to get rural. Like the next town over had uh, cow pastures and cornfields. You but guys are all good at was, soccer. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, my school was so small we didn't have a football team. Uh, I my oh, my wow. school was my high school was two towns put together and my graduating class was 63 people. Can I so, ask what
1: high school it was? Or yeah, that- it was Tuxedo
0: High School. Uh, it's on Route like, 17, and okay, uh, but I'm from Greenwood Lake, which sometimes people know as a resort town, which it was in the 60s, and it, it'll like they went there in The Sopranos. I think they mentioned it in Mean Streets. Uh, but what happened as uh, as uh, New York uh, went uh, off the cliff a little bit in the '70s and into the early '80s, uh, people started moving to where I lived. You know, uh, so that's the dirty sort New Yorkers, of, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, parents, the, yeah. it it would be the really tough kids who would move into our school. But it's like if you were that tough, your parents wouldn't have had to you know flee the city so that you stopped getting your ass kicked every day, you know uh we we have a couple of people in the chat uh one of them seems to be a fan this is flat cat jessica uh just yes. gives a shout out to carlos but uh Hi, kinky flat loco and look on the one hand i'm honored because i've never had kinky loco in one of my chats at least not on my channel ban uh, him. but kinky loco it's very rude to just shout out boo right away
1: i would ban synchrope. him immediately and save yourself some trouble
0: but uh kinky loco says fun fact carlos and i are from the same town but he is much older and larger Kinky Loco, come on. I mean, he's our guest. You know, the least we can do is uh, show him uh, some respect. But yeah, so I I mentioned sort of where I'm from because of uh, you know, I don't know, at at a certain point, everybody was a a Howard fan, you know? Mm. And uh, I went to college in Poughkeepsie and uh, the the signal for Rock didn't reach up there. So uh, there, it was uh, the early days of the internet. I, I found a station out of Florida that streamed so I could still hear I'm it. Cheating. But, uh, you know, I think a few years earlier, I just would have been out of luck. And uh, yeah, so that's sort of how our paths cross at all, because any of our common friends and associates and potatoes uh, are – associated with what is known as the dabble verse, which I have tried to explain before in the show, but it's essentially it's people goofing on stuttering John Melendez. That's, that's yeah. the, the greatest way to summarize it.
1: That's definitely the origin. And now it's expanded. It's now like yeah. there's a hack verse sort of things that are related to Kevin Brennan, uh, that whole world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And about a year ago, we fell into that. Me specifically. I got lost in the Dabbleverse. I loved it. Uh, discovering <laughs> Cardiff Electric. I, I thought he was hilarious. I had already listened to WATP. Uh, there was an episode, the uh, one where he he bashes Patton Oswald's podcast, where he Carl brought us up as, as idiot losers who are doing a terrible podcast. So I, I got that on my resume. But yeah, the last week we, we've tried our last year we started to do this hack first week in review, essentially me now, OJ, Obnoxious John who who's joined about, I don't know, six months, yeah. seven months ago. And we would do just a wrap up of all the drama and hatred and the insanity going on. Uh, I've, I've been on Ray DeVito's podcast like 60, 70 times. That is another thing I, 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 on my resume. Yeah. I don't, I don't think like,
0: Ray DeVito likes me
1: because, uh, I had no, you were, appearance. you were awful to him. Yeah. No, don't think yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. This yeah. I had an revenge. appearance.
0: I had an appearance on, uh, uh who are these podcasts? because all i di- all i did is i reached out to carl i'm like hey ray devito was on jim and sam's show i think you should listen to it he's like all right i'm you know like i hope to get a chance to it and then i all i did is i wrote to him I was like i clipped it for you and i figured he would just play it and he's like why don't you come on i'm like all right but uh i've uh gotten to know uh liam mackinney lives out here and uh he was on our uh our Uh, Another anniversary show for the 30th anniversary of the Chevy Chase show. And uh, he knows Ray uh, as they, as the kids say, IRL in real life. And uh, he has also shown up on who are these podcasts uh, talking about Ray, trying to be a good friend. But uh, yeah, so I, I I always say that like, wow, Ray DeVito is like the nicest guy on the internet, but uh, every, he's also everybody's punching bag except for some reason, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, he's, he's Ray he's uh he's maliciously stupid uh he's gotten me angry at times but at the end of the day he, he's a good guy i mean i was watching patrick melton of nobody likes onions yesterday and he was fantasizing about killing ray and then the whole chat was thinking of ways they would kill ray
0: oh no i, I, I don't, don't have that i don't really yeah Look, i don't really to, to, feel the need to, i don't
1: want to kill him i've never felt to bring it to back to silence
0: of the lambs you know uh dr Lecter. Uh, at the end of the film he he calls uh, agent starling as as she graduates and becomes a you know a full-fledged agent and he says the world is more interesting with you in it you know so that she's like don't be scared i'm not going to come find you and the, the world is more interesting with ray devito in it i feel that very strongly i also feel like very the world well is more interesting with uh, john melendez in it this iteration of him you know this is <laughs> you know where, what are people going to have to talk about um oh your co-host Brian Spears is in the chat shot a movie in greenwood lake i wonder okay. if uh there was a movie with um
1: morgan he freeman just glass eye picks larry fezidan okay is uh is his like a new york city independent guy okay right what movie well why would you not name the movie for god's sake well sakes? no I, what i was going to say is this like is why he's i didn't a problem. know if he
0: i don't know if he worked on the uh the morgan freeman movie that i don't remember the name of it uh, and, uh, trampoletic, trampolytic converters, uh, had to look at that, uh, I had to look Tampletic. at that icon before I put it on the, uh, oh, tampolytics. Yeah. The, yeah.
1: I don't have my glasses. Yeah, that's on. Stevie Lou, who is, yeah, that is offensive to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh,
0: why does Carlos have the lights on? Uh, it's true. And- I, I,
1: I'm not wearing a hat. I shaved cause you're, you're legitimate. You're not like these dabble for oh. scum that I'm usually with.
0: Well, you know, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a different breed of scum, you know, uh, okay. as, as they say on the, the Simpsons uh, scum compared to crusty, you know, that's the level of scum that I am. But flat cat, Jessica says, fun fact, Carlos and I went to our senior prom together. Uh, is that true? Or is that just, uh, I rather
1: not dox myself. Rather
0: not say that's interesting. All right. Uh, my that's senior Kevin prom Brennan. was, my senior prom was held at at West Point. Uh, the uh, the military academy okay. in like a ballroom there, and uh, I don't know. I guess uh, I hope the uh, the soldiers weren't just lingering around outside the cadets. Excuse me. Uh, anyway, it's so the that-
1: massacre hit that hit home for you, I guess. That whole setting, right? Because I uh, once you, you know, get past Westchester County, New York, becomes a wasteland of of failed you know, industry, it, former yeshivas, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and there farms. there is there's a uh, very large. Uh, hasidic jewish community called uh, curious joel that is like two towns over from me and uh you know they would be you know you'd see them wherever you went you know and just at some point as a kid it had to be explained to me as like why do they have on funny hats or you know that sort of a thing you know i i, I didn't know so uh yeah it's funny because like my school <laughs> had like one Jewish family in it, but then like two towns over, there's, you know, like thousands of Orthodox Jews that uh, are, you know, have their, uh, you know, their, their own community really, but uh, it's not like we, we wouldn't see them. So the uh, reason that I'm glad you talked about the sort of more redneck quality to where I'm from uh, there was an incident that uh, reminded me of it could very well have been this situation. So we were, let's see, we were in eighth grade, and uh, this was 1990. We went to, and this is all relevant to the movie, believe it or not. So uh, with a, a couple of my friends, uh, my one friend's uh, uncle had a pickup truck. So uh, we rode in the back of the pickup truck. We drove from Greenwood Lake to beautiful Middletown, New York. where at the county fair. Kiss, we're playing. This is the non-makeup oh, wow. kiss on the Hot in the Shade tour. And uh tickets were, I believe, $16, but uh, it was, we were very excited, but uh, on the drive, and I think we took, like, some back roads. It wasn't midget the kiss?
1: I don't mean to interrupt, but $16 no, 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 for 80s. No. It wasn't the midget guys? No, this
0: was the, this is the actual okay. kiss. I mean, if you think about okay. it, like, even, like, big concerts in New York City at that point probably cost, like, $25, $30, you know? So oh. this is, like, you know, this is county fair, standing room only, um, that sort of a thing. So, we were driving like on sort of like a, a rural back road, I think because of the fact that we're in, uh, we're in the pickup truck and uh, in the back and not strapped in and in a way that is uh, very much unsafe that uh, I don't think my mom understood how we were getting there. So uh, surprise mom, 32 years later. Uh, and uh, there was just, there was something wrong at one point and I don't know, they needed like a, Bolt to make sure that the tire didn't Fall off so We pull over at uh, A house on a side road And uh, my my Friend Dan and I my friend Ron We immediately think like uh, You know that um, That looks like the house from Texas Chainsaw Massacre And uh, legitimately It was like a big house isolated Sort of on some farmland that sort of a thing And the guy Who comes out might as well we're talking about talking about the original movie might as well have been the guy at the gas station you know Mm. and you know he he was asking us all questions you know in a a very suspicious untrusting way because clearly whether he was a cannibal with his own you know slaughterhouse in the living room there was something that he was hiding for sure so he he asked me a question i didn't hear him i said what he asked it again i said what And, uh, I, this still gets referenced from time to time by my friend, Dan, the guy's like, you say what, one more time, I'm going to jump up there and bite your goddamn ears off. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think he might, (laughs) you know, like legitimately. And, uh, you know, look, I was with like three adults, but, um, that didn't mean that, uh, you know, I, I, felt particularly safe. It all, uh, it all ended up all right. Probably because, uh, the, the police pulled up to see why we were on the side of the road and if we needed any help or anything, and uh, you know, that man uh, but
1: I, was Carl Hamburger.
0: <laughs> that, yeah, I'm sorry. Did I leave that out? That was how I met Carl yeah. for the first time.
1: Right. Yeah. That town uh, still nicer than Rochester. You know,
0: I went to Rochester Don't. uh back in June. And uh it is lovely that time of year, I, Carlos. I
1: I was in the i, w- I went to DabbleCon of February. I was I mean, there was one Bordega where they had, a, I got my beer at a place where there were wild animals, like not just rats, yeah. but birds. It <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> but other than that, it was nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, for our visual audience, uh, I have a, a background behind me, which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. But uh, I've also gone full screen with that image so that, uh, you know, I can help paint the picture after I'm done uh, telling the story. But, uh, so you're not entirely wrong. You know, there's a lot of farmland. There's some rural areas that I grew up in. Uh, I think that, I don't know, this is, um, you know, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre serves a lot of purposes. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. You know, don't pick up hitchhikers, don't hitchhike, uh, you know, don't, uh, walk into a big empty house, uh, for any reason really ever, you know, I mean. Uh, n- nothing good's gonna happen by doing that i don't know i mean what When? how old were you the first time you saw the original carlos
1: well i was a little older actually yeah. i saw i think i saw part two prior to seeing part one i think i saw like evil dead two before i saw right. the original texas Chains one on part
0: two is the one with dennis hopper the great dennis hopper
1: with, might I with say. dennis hopper yes yes Bill Mosley actually steals the movie. So I had, I, I had seen American werewolf in London and the first evil mm-hmm. dead. So by the time I got around to the Texas Chainsaw massacre, I was probably in ninth grade. And to be okay. honest with you, after seeing all that, I was disappointed. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I respect what it is in terms of movie history, particularly horror. You know, I think that and last house on the left are still tough to sit through to this day. But I wasn't a huge. A lot of horror fans are like, "This is their Bible." It starts and ends with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I respect it as a movie, but I prefer Part Two.
0: Right, and I thought that was one of the interesting things that you said. And um, you know, rewatching Part One, you're kind of reminded that you have to watch it, imagining you're in the bubble of you know walking into a theater in 1974 where you've never seen anything like that. And I thought it was interesting. It's like for all the stuff that's in it, there's like, you know, when the, the first girls like put up on the meat hook, they don't actually show it. And I'm like, Oh, that's a really interesting choice. So it's a little bit more tame than stuff that came after it. But at the same time, you know, I was talking about earlier about how we discussed uh, Blair, Witch project, and I do remember the first time I saw that in the theater, like that was the most audible, like surprised people were. So I can imagine a 1974 audience, that first time that you see Leatherface kind of poke his head out of the kitchen. That's probably has to be like a, what the, you know, like what the fuck is that? You know? It just so it gets
1: under your skin. It's a movie that yeah. makes your skin crawl. It's, it's uncomfortable.
0: Right. And just like the dinner scene with grandpa who mm-hmm. the reveal that grandpa's not dead you know, which he just figured he would be a corpse. It's like, oh, he, he'd be better off if he was. So, yeah, I think that it has to be definitely more so than, and and I feel like, you know, Toby Hooper made the second one. I think he was like, all right, I can, I have a little bit of money. I mean, I think that the original was made for like $80,000. I think I read, you know, and I mean, yeah, that's what, $1973. But still, you know, that's very inexpensive and it kind of shows it at times. So it's almost more like, a museum piece, the original, I think, mm. you know, um, uh, the only one that I ever saw in the theater, because uh, while this Netflix one had a, a limited uh, theatrical Ron Carlos, uh, uh, I think most people didn't see it that way. And I know I did. Right. So, uh, uh, but the only one that I did see in the theater was the Jessica uh Jessica, Biel, uh, Jessica you know, Biel. starring. Yeah. Jessica Beale starring in Me the, uh, the 2003 remake. And, you know, I'm sure that her husband, Justin Timberlake, doesn't have any problem with her being in this movie, you know, considering that he forced Britney Spears to have a massacre of her own when she was 19, allegedly, Uh, you know, but I was thinking about like, yeah, thank you. I was pretty proud of that. Uh, But I was thinking about how I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember liking that movie. Why did I like that movie? And then uh, I just, uh, you know, looked for posters and images of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember now why I liked it. The the, the, the girl from Seventh Heaven in a way too tight see-through right. uh, white wife beater.
1: Her breasts are listed separately in the credits. They were a character <laughs> in that film. Yeah. And well, it's the yeah. way and it's not—we're not – we're not being – I mean, yeah, we're being perverted old men. But that's the way but. it's framed. That's the way it's photographed. Yeah. You know, yeah. Th- they definitely had their own trailer on film.
0: set carlos they definitely have their own trailer on set and uh yeah i mean i remember once in an interview uh Je- jennifer love hewitt talking about the poster for i know what you did last summer it was like when it came out she's like yeah i know what your breasts breasts did last summer i'm like well yes clearly <laughs> we we understand you know um but i remember liking that one but most of them like i saw on vhs i rented them from the video store you know um there's a couple i guess a couple after the uh the reboot there was like a a prequel one that i never saw there was like a 3d one that i didn't even know about so it had been a little while since i had uh visited uh with this franchise by the way in the chat my pal dominica saxon seemed to like my jokes so uh you know what dominica saxon oh. sometimes i feel like i'm just doing the show for you
1: <laughs> is it the joke or is it for the breasts <sighs> oh
0: you know Instead what yeah, sorry i don't mean to, to take it away no no you're 100 right uh and uh knowing dominicus saxon i think I, I think that's fair but he does uh weigh in that the original texas change massacre was well done but like all slasher fix flicks they lose um fast for me um they're yeah i mean they're i don't know i think that like at the peak like friday the 13th there were so many kills in them you know you had like jason like throwing a girl in a sleeping bag against a tree and that like doesn't even count you know because you don't actually see it you know uh, i think that the the death count was a little low even in the original halloween you only see so many by the 80s it was like you know we got 90 minutes how many kids do you think we can kill
1: (laughs) there were money shots it was the pornography Uh, or the horror equivalent of a money shot in pornography absolutely only by the way in the the
0: chat is uh (laughs) is eugene who is a good boy everybody knows eugene's a good boy uh and it just says tits but ironically exactly i'm covering them up with your with your comment eugene so uh
1: but the, and, you know one uh, thing and i we will get into it i guess later but i mean one difference between this brand new movie and the say that the remake with jessica beale yeah part two and even part one they're perverted there is yeah. this juxtaposition of of breasts, and I mean, the first text of Chainsaw Massacre is one of the most famous uh, shots of the movie. Is a woman's ass, and then that house of horrors looming in the distance, right? So you have those yeah. two things happening. Same thing with part two. Leatherface u- literally uses his chainsaw as a penis at one point to sort yeah. of sexually assault the, uh, the the final girl. You have that happening, and then this movie, I mean, it's a little it's a little more subtle, but yeah, her breasts are a character in the movie. This new one is asexual. It's the Ray DeVito of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's just there's well, no type uh, of uh sex happening in this movie. Uh yeah, I'm gonna have to
0: hit the uh Cardiff Electric Memorial Bell for that one. So uh that's uh <laughs> yes, you've uh, found yourself on a Cardiff's show where there's smell. Uh you know, it's it's an honor. You know, we're we're getting ready. Oh. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but, uh, you know, stuttering John live, uh, March 10th is what he would say. If I asked him if, if he's feeling okay, you know, it's all, it's all focused on that, but yeah, the new one, it's, it's so hard to describe what the attempt was. And I was telling you before we started, I read up on it a little bit and the original director was fired, uh, after a week of, of filming, and I don't know a lot of movies that turn out in a way where everybody's happy after the director is fired uh, at at that point. You know, uh, they were you know, bulky. sort of big, yeah, sort of big budget of that that happened recently for for nerds was the han solos uh movie that uh came out that you know lord and miller from the lego movie directed a movie and then they're like no we need ron howard to make a ron howard. movie and it's like he's the guy he's he's we the guy this that's as the... white as possible <laughs> right exactly uh so yeah <laughs> so yeah and it's just like all right was there an original vision they didn't use any of the footage uh that the original director shot and uh, i don't know I, I assume you were aware of that 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 happened from the beginning. i was yeah
1: one thing that that struck me about that was they were two it was a, a brother team it was it was two of them that got fired i, I yeah, don't know what they're like ryan
0: ryan and andy towhill was their name yeah
1: now, the reason we know they got fired is because it was everywhere. So it's like yeah, this is a film that was partly financed by uh, Legendary Pictures, right, I guess. And I guess Netflix either distributed or whatever. But they put out a press yeah. release, obviously. They didn't keep it a secret that, yeah, we fired those two uh, Irishmen. And it was, it was everywhere. Like they just smeared these guys. I don't understand the motivation for that. It's not like people were clamoring for this. This isn't a Star Wars movie where there's a fandom invested in who's doing what. So right. I, I thought that says something possibly about legendary pictures, that they're really a bunch of douchebags. And the, the that studio was partly funded. It was created by a hedge fund. So we're talking about right. soulless art here.
0: <laughs> well, the interesting thing, too, is that they, as, as you alluded to, they were filming in Bulgaria. I think if you don't do a press release where you talk about how you fired the director, nobody's going to find out, at least not for right. a while, you know. Uh, and there's no you know, obviously- journalists
1: anymore. There's no there's no entertainment journalism, really. That's not that's not like spoon fed from studios
0: yeah no right. yeah exactly it's it, it's it, you're not an actual reporter you're just somebody who conveys press releases you know as as someone who gets a lot of press releases uh i i can definitely attest to that and i guess it was a, they were originally going to start filming in may of 2020 uh and then you know as i was reading that i'm like okay so covid delayed them but they filmed in august of 2020 so they didn't wait that long <laughs> you know yeah, and they're yeah. like eh, it's bulgaria we're outside it's fine right. uh I'd like to talk to the uh, COVID compliance officer on the set in Bulgaria for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. I knew people who had that job for big studio Disney productions, and it's pretty hardcore, like, what you have to do, and everybody resents you, but you're like, well, that's what I'm getting paid for. I can imagine that it's just somebody with a clipboard uh, that as everybody walks into the set in Bulgaria, like, anybody got a cough? Fever? All right, go ahead. It's fine.
1: Like a yeah, f- former so, mercenary or the guy's probably armed to the teeth. <laughs> yeah. He's got a and, knife. <laughs> what are some other Bulgarian stereotypes I can talk about?
0: Yeah, well that, that you can talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't wanna you don't wanna get this flag for uh hate crimes against Bulgarians, you True, know. I saw uh, it happen not right. not again. I can't I can't get another uh, anti-Bulgarian uh strike on my channel, Carlos. I, I don't I don't want that. Um, so had you before we started talking about this, I assume you had already seen this before we decided that we were gonna do this as as our oh yeah our Christian. I've,
1: I've now seen this movie twice, thanks to you. <laughs> I love that you've seen it twice. I, I've
0: seen it the one time and uh, I, I'm probably good, you know, but I mean uh, I don't I don't, don't want to speak before. I don't want to count my chickens before they've uh, been you know sawed in half with a, a chainsaw. And our visual audience will see the uh, the trailer because uh, I've found that you can usually get away with showing movie trailers, but uh, not actual scenes from movies. So you saw it when it came out, or like had yeah. you already let's put it this way. When you saw it, had you heard that in general, people weren't happy with the way it turned out?
1: I don't remember. I honestly okay. don't remember. I think I knew they there was some trouble in the production, but I wasn't you know, Netflix, you just turn it on and suddenly there's like a new Robert De Niro yeah. movie on, or Scorsese is something <laughs> out that you don't even know it's about. True. So I yeah. think it just kind of I turned on the TV and there it was.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. It's like, oh look, uh you know, Chappelle's uh, fourth special this year. That's great, right. you know. But uh it it's it, it's very hard. It, you know, Netflix is definitely out of all the streamers, it's the one that somebody would be like Oh, hey, I watched this great show on Netflix and they'll talk all about it. Like, I've never even heard of that, you know, and like some of the quality is very high. This is not that case, though. Uh, The Texas Chainsaw. Uh, So how would you describe the concept behind this? Uh, You know, I'm half joking when I said, well, it's a bunch of influencers or celebrity chefs or some shit. But I also didn't quite get it. You've seen it twice. So, do you think that yeah. uh, you have a better understanding of who these these kids are, basically, to I, head into Harlow, Texas?
1: I mean, again, I'm going to keep going back to this. If to me, this is AI art. If you like, do if you make something online and it's it's artificial intelligence, it sort of looks like something, but there's something yeah. missing, right? And this whole movie feels like that, especially the script. And these characters, because you're right, in the marketing material it says it's these group of influencers who go to this yeah. town, and then early in the movie they talk about how the uh, the, the gas station attendant it's they're they're going to gentrify this small little Texas town, but these are not influencers; these are real estate investors. They're young, but yeah, they're two chefs. Who apparently went to culinary school and started successful businesses, and now have this economic development plan to to help this abandoned town? It's not; they're neither influencers, and it's not gentrification. So the movie <laughs> thinks it's it thinks it's presenting characters in this way, but it just isn't. Gentrification is when there's people existing in a community. Maybe they were raised there, and all these trust fund kids. You know what happened to Williamsburg, Brooklyn. All the sure, uh, yeah. the hipsters come over from Greenwich Village, and it's too expensive there in Manhattan, so they take over. But uh, and but with Carlos, there's fund... an
0: arcade that serves beer now, so that right. seems like it was probably worth it, right? <laughs> but
1: but this town, they there was five residents of this small Texas town. <laughs> it's dead. Right. There are five residents, one of whom dies within the first five minutes of the movie, one of whom is Leatherface. This town would love this these idiots coming in and buying up their land. I mean, it didn't it. it, The the premise of the movie makes no sense. And also, it's a you know, when when we watch a movie like this, this obviously isn't the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not going to be that good. We just want to see young teens die in horrible ways. Right. That's essentially what this movie promises. And instead of, you could make these characters so hateable if they actually made them influencers. We all just watched a video where a YouTube prankster is in a mall harassing a guy who's getting a, he works for like Uber Eats or something like yeah. that. Guy takes out a gun, a pistol, shoots the kid, point Blake in his gut. We all cheered for the gunman in that situation.
0: Even, even the, we, we uh, covered that on Who Are These Broadcasters? And uh, even the judge saw the video and was like, Well, yeah, what did you expect? You know, you were being a, you're an
1: asshole. We're sick of this.
0: Right. Yeah. Look, to be fair, to be fair, they're both assholes, but the one asshole was provoked by a bigger asshole who felt like he needed to act you know
1: in that and i'm not advocating shooting anybody in the no. gut right but Absolutely. we all we we all feel it we all want to do that and that's what this movie is fails to capture these should be hateable characters instead or at least a mix right a mix you have one who's not as hateable but there, there there's no jake paul in there there's no kardashians in this there's no <laughs> pe- i, mean, I, w- I wish there was people- a jake paul in this that would be that would have something. been something they're all just yeah. bland real estate investors they're like good business people who happen to be very young and and somehow yeah. the movie calls them influencers so
0: right one and, of the, and it's just more, it
1: derails the whole movie
0: it it's more of like a catch-all and you feel like that's Somebody, whether it's Netflix, Legendary Pictures, somebody bought the pitch for this version because they're like, oh, this will be with influencers. Like, okay, now we're talking. And uh, yeah, the, the one character that I think we're supposed to identify with and have the most sympathy for. Uh, her name is Lila. Uh, she's played by Elsie Fisher, who was in the, the Bo Burnham movie, Eighth Grade. Uh, probably some other things. But they give her an interesting backstory. So like they have tools to work with that can make this interesting. So she survived a school shooting. So the idea that she's been through that trauma uh, prior to this, you know, and she lived through it and there's a flashback to it. I'm like, all right, they're going to do something uh, interesting with that. Uh, we're going to spoil the whole movie for everybody, by the way, oh, um, yeah. Carlos, do you think that they, uh, they set themselves up for success with that backstory? And do you think that they fully realized the fact that this girl had been in a school shooting?
1: Listen, if you're going to make a movie that, <laughs> that tries to play on the audience, uh, a sympathy by making one of your characters, the the survivor of a school shooting, like you better be a goddamn good movie. To yeah. me, this comes across as just incredibly uh, exploitive. I don't want to say offensive, but man, they are digging deep. To Oh, yeah, one of them survived a, a school shooting. And then the way they have, you know, she's watching Leatherface massacre people and they she suddenly has a flashback. But I, I don't know what what was the point of, of making her the survivor of a school shooting? There's like this movie has so many issues. It just sort of throws in there for no reason we get culture war stuff we get second amendment stuff we get a confederate flag thrown in there for no reason then there's ptsd thrown in there how to deal with trauma but it never goes anywhere they just throw these things out there and and i found that to be useless you could have taken i get what you're saying yeah there, there's some there's some semblance of an interesting backstory there but well, there's all a they did was give her give her a nice yeah. scar there's a potential. Yeah, for right. It. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah, there was. That's what I mean. There was potential. And I'm like, OK, they'll do something with this. And uh, apart from the interaction with the, the guy who has the uh, the assault rifle uh, in his uh, auto body, by the way, uh, because he lives in Texas, uh, which that was the point of
1: of that. Getting a lot of business and, there, I'm sure, in a dead town. like what, what? Yeah,
0: that's the the resident you know, the population five. And then it's, it's also, it's confusing because he's got the, you know, it's a cool reveal that the, the original chainsaw, I mean, at least that model from the original movie is just hidden in the wall so that he can get back to doing what he loves best. So it's not some fancier, newer, I don't know, you know, the new chainsaws that you can hack up 14s teens at a time. I don't even know how it works. You know, I don't know how they market them, but, and then you start to think, I'm like, so, this can't be the same leather face from 50 years ago. He doesn't look like it. And you know, the mom isn't one of the characters in the original. And I'm like, I shouldn't be overthinking this, but they're, they're telling a story that has enough holes in it. And it's also not compelling at all. So I had a lot of time to think about, and I had a lot of time to think about, like, I, I don't quite get who this leather face is, you know? And at the very Cret- end, he goes, he goes back to the house during the credits you know, the, there's an end credit scenes. It's like a Marvel movie. And, thanks, Marvel. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. Thanks thanks for making everybody have to read who the, the key grips and the gaffers were. And, you know, and you're just, you're like, okay, so what's he going to do there? Did he used to live in that house? Because I don't think he's old enough. Because we have why as a character- go, Why did he go back
1: 50 years ago? I, I don't know.
0: Right, no, and and we have as a character in the movie- Uh, We have Sally from the original, uh, not played by the same actress, uh, Marilyn Burns. She passed away in uh, 2014. So uh, I don't know whether or not, you know, she would have wanted to. But, uh, you know, so you can't fault them for not having the original actress. So you have Sally sort of, oh, yeah, she's been a Texas Ranger for 50 years and she hasn't been able to find him. I'm like, really? Like, you could find that house again. You, you, you know, you drive away from that house in a pickup truck. It's not like, you know, they dumped you in a ditch and you woke up and you had no idea where you were. You could trace your steps. And I think in some of the other movies, they deal with the fact that I guess the townspeople basically like, you know, killed the other family members. They were so outraged what was going on. Uh, And I, I don't know, but I think that it, I don't know. I I guess I'm overthinking it, aren't I, Carlos? Trying to to reconcile the two timelines.
1: I don't think you are. I think it's a problem with the script. It's just, it's just sloppy plotting the entire way through because I also look, I, I, I nitpicked the opening scene, the opening scene of the movie we've got Lila in a roadside gas station, and she's watching a DVD. The movie makes it a point to tell us she's watching a DVD to sort of make itself relevant and cool and hip, I guess. I don't know. And she's watching a true crime documentary narrated by John Larroquette, who also did the narration. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned
0: that. As soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, all right. And and he also narrated the 2003 remake. So uh, Yes. And allegedly,
1: in the the very first film, he was paid in weed, they say. That's
0: (laughs) that's true. I've heard that. Which is weird, because that's how he was paid for season four of night court not the previous season but that was the one he's like i gotta get paid in weed this year anyway so she's watching this like true crime show
1: and it says like because we're watching it too because i guess you know the younger people have never seen any of this they need to establish some type of of where we are and, and what's going to happen and in the documentary they're like well sally got away And then she talked to the police and she never told her story again. She never spoke on the subject again. It's become like a Texas urban legend to some extent. I'm implying that not no less than 50 seconds later, Lila walks over to pay for whatever crap she has. She's at the cashier. There's a newspaper article uh, behind the cashier and it's dated one month. It says in 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 an opening paragraph, it's dated one month after the event of 1974 and it's a full interview with, uh, what's her name, Sally. So she gave yeah, an exclusive, like, there's just things like, and that's that's really splitting hairs. But my point is, like, the whole movie's like that. The the characters are contradictions. There's a mistake. I mean, that's a, that's a, a mistake within the first two minutes of this movie. And, yeah. yeah, it makes me think, like, was this just AI? Was there actually no screenwriter and no director, <laughs> and they just threw this? Was this just Cardiff Electric somehow? Like, he manipulates me every week on who are these 90s? It's just none of it makes any sense. So, well, so that, I, I that bothered that, me. So, I don't think you're crazy. I, There's no other way. This movie will it, it bores into your brain with its stupidity.
0: Yeah, I, I do think if uh, this had been a uh, Cardiff electric joint, the soundtrack would have at least been better. You know, uh, yeah, you know a lot I, of crew
1: and like, 80s hair bands there. <laughs>
0: well, well you know, he he and I have that in common. And uh, uh, hopefully uh, Cardiff and I have a, have an announcement for a special we'll be doing sometime soon. But uh, the, the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed. But uh, I was basically thinking like. You know, Nirvana's negative creep would have shown up in uh, one of the massacre sequences if Cardiff had made this movie. But I'm sorry, finish your thought. That's not. Well, did you
1: know? I, I'm all over the place. But again, in that opening scene, so we have that happen inside, and then we go outside. We meet Richter, right? Richter's the mechanic. He comes pulling yeah. up. he's got a he's got a pickup truck that's blowing off uh, exhaust. There's no muffler on it, right? And he's wearing <laughs> a gun, not. which is a which is they they take great offense. One character takes great offense to the fact he's wearing a gun, but. Richter uh, pulls up Blasting. I-, I thought it was death metal, but I went and looked and it's some band called Cybreed. Is this should I know these guys? It's it's I, a, I
0: don't I don't know them.
1: Uh, an industrial the metal band from
0: Switzerland. It's an I'll, industrial I'll ask, metal band. I'm going to do a name drop right now. I'll ask my pal Don Jameson if he knows them, because if anybody knows uh, any kind of death metal from anywhere in Europe, it's Don. So I will that, ask him for sure.
1: A follow up is is this big in like rural dead towns in Texas? Like that's what this guy's going to be listening to. <laughs> it made no, yeah, of course. It, it, that threw me off. No. There's just no the, the characterization's weird. The whole he, he's wearing a gun, and then Mel, the yeah. sister of Lila, is like, "Oh, oh my god, he's wearing a gun! How dare you! You're 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 a car! I think she calls him like a, yeah. a coal roller or something like that." So all well, right, we're supposed to hate. We want Mel to die, but then the the rest of Mel's actions, she's not a woke. Social justice warrior, the rest of her actions no. could they, they directly contradict the way she's introduced, and she's just a middle of the road, like sympathetic uh, uh, female. And so, again, yes, they and any opportunity they have to build some type of connection, at least hatred of these characters, lo- like ability or hatred, they just abandon. Do you, know did you saying, feel like Christian? it was?
0: I do. Did you feel like it was cathartic for the audience uh, when Lila's sister was covered in sewage uh, after, (laughs) you know, she's under the
1: house and Leatherface cuts through the pipe? Yeah, it it was odd to me because, yeah, if they had built her up as this hateable, uh, you know, overly woke, smug, you know, true uh, uh, influencer, you know, the kind we all easily hate yeah we would have been like yeah, yeah that's cathartic intent instead it was just like well oh that's weird okay she's got she's got feces on her what is that feces yeah. or is it grapes i don't know what's going on
0: <laughs> uh well speaking of uh influencers uh eugene's back in the chat and saying eugene does advocate shooting pranksters in the gut uh, specifically no, I, the one in there look, he does follow up with a bark bark uh eugene don't be a bad dog you shouldn't shoot anyone in the gut. If you need to shoot someone in the ankle, we could talk about it. Dominicus Saxon says, uh, Eugene isn't from Idaho, which is uh, where where he lives. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, that's fine. But also there were earlier comments in the chat that uh, I want to make sure we get to. Uh, Rochi, we're getting all the big celebrities here with an FKB. I'm sorry, I don't have a by Brendan drop. And uh, earlier, Eugene also gave us a bark bark. Everybody knows that uh, Eugene's a good boy. Kiki Loco wants Eugene. me to send Eugene the link. Um, I think that that might uh, take away from what Carlos and I are trying to do. I'll tell you what, Eugene next time. All right. The next time Carlos and I do a show, we'll carve out the last five minutes and we'll, uh, we'll let Eugene pop in. Uh, but yeah, I will not exploding. give you screen sharing uh, capabilities. I've uh, I've learned right. from, uh, from all of our idol that uh, your, your guests should not be able to share their screen if you don't know who they are. So, uh but we're talking about influencers, and I want to get back for our visual audience. You saw this when we showed the trailer. This there's a lot of bad in this movie, and I, I think that this is an attempt at satire. But when Leatherface, you know, basically every all the all the hipsters and influencers, and uh, I don't know, investors and everything, all, all the crypto bros, I don't know what they were. Uh, They all get uh, cornered in this bus. And so then Leatherface finds them in the bus. And he's like, well, I got a chainsaw and they can't go anywhere. So he starts tearing into all these kids. But of course, the first thing they do is they get out their cell phones and you can see that they're live streaming. And uh, one of them even says, uh, you're going to get canceled, bro. And Mm. I'm like, they can't be taking that seriously. Like that, that has to be an attempt at a joke. That can't be actual social commentary. Do you think they were trying to be funny or do you think it accidentally happened?
1: Oh, I mean, Jesus. I don't know which hack to insult in this universe, but (laughs) there is. Okay, I get it. Leatherface comes on and these kids are so trained and they, they just start taking pictures, but okay. That's a joke right there. It's mildly amusing. And then he, he hacks them up with a chainsaw, but to go that extra step to beat us over the head again, it's AI it's AI generated yeah. to beat us over the head with that punchline, the giant wink saying you're going to get canceled, bro. Just that, that, that yeah, perfectly summarizes why this movie is a trash heap.
0: I, I could see filming that line. You know, uh, you know, okay. like, uh, some of you guys try a little line, but then when you're assembling the movie, you're like, no, 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 that doesn't work. We're just going to go ahead and take that out, you like, know, and, but and again, like they were married are, to the concept. And,
1: and, and, and according to the logic of the film, if you like take it, literally, these are investors. These are all people looking to invest in, in real estate property. Yeah. But. They're all that also this is a world in this movie where like a banker, the person who's arranging the financing is like 23 years old. So are <laughs> again, true. are these influences? Are the are these uh, it doesn't no, they're just boring investors. Like Yeah. I, I do like some Jake Paul. Iron-
0: yeah, I do like the irony, the realization. I think that there's the one nice touch when uh what's Lila's sister's name? I've already forgotten Mel. some of these that uh, Mel. Yeah. So uh yeah, Mel. Actually finds the deed to the house That Leatherface and his mom are living in And it's like oh "Oh, yeah you didn't Actually own their house you killed that Lady uh yeah through Shock and basically everything So when she's like no the bank took care Of everything she was right Just imagine how preventable this all was, Mel.
1: It's so stupid. Like Dante, (laughs) Mr. Chef, right? He's the guy that's supposed to take, he's keeping track of all the deeds and, right? These are millennials, right? These are influencers, allegedly. And and what does Dante have all the deeds in? A recipe box like my mother had in 1978. He doesn't have this digitally anywhere. Yeah, it's the
0: the accordion file that uh, I have uh, all my kids' medical records in so that they can go to, like, school and summer camp and stuff. You know, it's like the stuff that you're like, I, I only need this stuff once every two years. Let me go ahead and dust it off.
1: And the old lady, right, she's lived with Leatherface. She ran an orphanage, by the way. Uh, This is really uh, uh, picking on the movie, but orphanages stopped being a thing by like 1960. I mean, once the government started paying for foster care, we didn't have any orphanages. But anyway, the the former orphanage owner lady who's taking care of Leatherface, you know, a mass spree killer, kills people with a chainsaw and mallet. She was able to do that for 50 years, but the someone starts asking her about the title, the D to her house, and she just throws up and, and immediately drops dead. Yep. Immediately drops dead. As-
0: By the way, shout out to the actress who played, uh, that character's name is Ginny. That's Alice Krieg, who people might know from a number of things, but nerds like me know her as the Borg Queen from Star Trek First Contact. So, uh, oh. I, and and she's, she's actually passed away, I believe, in the last couple of years. Uh oh, so I was like say the that. last year or so. Sorry, what were we saying, Carl? Aren't Borgs hot? Now I'm confused sexually. The lady that there's died. one. No, no, there's only one. There's only one that's oh, hot, okay. and that's Jerry Ryan. Maybe she hasn't passed away. Maybe I'm mistaken. You know what? It was the yeah, it was the actress who played the Borg queen on the Picard show. Alice Krieg alive and well. Good for you. Uh fake news saying that she had died, Absolutely. but it was the, the actress who did it on TV. No, there's there's literally only one hot borg. It's the one in the, the tight-fitting spandex, uh, and her name's Jerry Ryan. Oh, sorry um, no that's all right i this is what i get for men- you know <clears throat> mentioning star trek in front of grown-ups i should know better <laughs> you know when, when i when i do those shows um when there's praise in the chat i will stop any conversation see this is why uh it's good that uh, i i don't uh, accept super chats uh because I, I i just put up stuff for free if you say something nice Wait, i'm not getting paid so- uh, no,
1: you, Sorry, you'll, be you'll be paid.
0: You'll okay. be paid in uh, land in Harlow, Texas. There's a, an abandoned movie theater with some creaky floorboards that I'm going to send to you. Uh, T.L. Stock says, two of my favorite guys here, being a fan of Dennis Miller, Stuttering John, Shuley and the Gang, and horror films. I'm in heaven right now. Uh, well, if you like horror films and Dennis Miller, I'm sure you've seen his classic Bordello of Blood, which was a Tales from the Crypt movie about vampire hookers. Uh, TL, uh, I saw that movie in the theater a uh, full decade before I ever even worked for him. So I chose to go see that movie. I didn't see it out of some obligation to my boss. And uh, uh, like my a, a listener to the old a listener to the old radio show, uh, sent me the the CD soundtrack for Bordello of Blood, and uh, I treasure it always. And I'm sorry I spoke over you, uh, Carlos.
1: No, no, that was my fault. I was just saying my my co host Brian Spears loves that movie. It's one of his favorites. I mean, it, it, it you know,
0: you have to watch it through a very specific lens, uh, which Stone. is that, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that helps, but it's also, it doesn't take itself seriously. Corey Feldman is the, like the second lead in the movie. So that kind of tells you everything. And, you know, Dennis would tell great stories about how, you know, Corey Feldman wanted to rehearse and choreograph the fights. And he's like, um, and the way he always summarized it is I'm here because a minor Baldwin brother fell out in the last minute. And I kept saying no and they raised their offer and eventually the number got so big. I'm like, yeah, I'll do your tales from the crib movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, which look, that's one of the things that I enjoyed about working with Dennis is the, uh, the very painful honesty at times. And uh, in any case, uh, the painful honesty about this movie getting back on focus uh, back on track is um It's not very good. A bad slasher movie will still have some good kills. And when I announced on Twitter that we were going to talk about this, somebody mentioned that they liked the bus scene. There's one kill that I think I like specifically. There's the one girl who is climbing out the window Mm -hmm. and she almost makes it out the window and Leatherface just cuts her in half. I'm like, all right, I like that. I like that moment. You know, the, oh my God, I'm free. I'm free. Oh no, I'm cut in half and I'm dead. You know, but there aren't there aren't really all, that's the one I can think of. Did you feel that even you know the any of the specific kills in this movie? You're like, all right, that's that's a good one. You know, uh, that's a notch in Leatherface's belt. You know, well, he probably wears like a rope belt, but you know what I mean.
1: I thought the kills were like the one saving grace of the movie. I thought the kills okay. were okay. Uh, the first one, they're the they're taking Leatherface's adopted mother to the hospital, but she passes away in this ambulance van thing, right? So so yeah. uh Leatherface loses it and he he breaks a police officer's arm and, and then stabs him in the throat with the the man's compound fracture. I thought that was pretty effective. Uh he kills the other police officer eventually and then he kills this this first influencer who we know nothing about who's just there to die.
0: The one uh, guy was apparently engaged to her. Um
1: uh Dante, uh, yeah he's yeah Dante I think, yeah, that, yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. but uh, um yeah,
0: which whole... by the way, that's that's also uh one of the biggest tropes of all these kinds of movies. Why exactly is she in that ambulance where she ends up getting massacred? You know, yeah. it's like I'll ride. Oh, I hope her. that, that was... lady's gonna be okay, but we'll we'll find out, you know, later. We don't need to go ride in the ambulance. Right. A- and the, the script is
1: further they're, it's further weakened by the fact you have the the two main characters who are sisters, neither has a love interest, so we have Dante and his blonde girlfriend just there to die. Because we've yeah. already told us, okay, they're not love interests of either the main characters, they're just going to die eventually. The blonde dies, right? Uh, Leatherface cuts open her stomach, essentially, but that's when you get, you know, as sort of a hardcore, I guess, well, I'm not a hardcore horror fan, but I think back to, the, uh, to part two, and I think back to Last House on the Left... In this day and age, we're fully we're fully expecting Leatherface to to reach into her gut and pull out her entrails, right? That's yes, disgusting. Yeah, that doesn't happen. This is a neutered horror movie as well. It pulls its punches because this is very mainstream. Yeah. So he does the the easy cut, but there's there's no real gore to it. It's 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 presented as nicely as as a murder can, and I think that that's on purpose. So I thought the hammer kill there, somebody gets uh, the guy Richter again. Spoiler alert. I actually found myself stopping and watching to see where the CGI was. I thought that was sort of an effective kill. Totally. In, in what, um, well,
0: in analyzing it, did you feel like they at least did a decent enough job with the CGI or, uh, or was the freeze frame, you know, basically you can see where like the, you, you know,
1: disappears? I couldn't tell where CGI blood was. And I've read that this movie, uh, it prides itself on doing a lot of practical effects so okay. I, I thought that the way they maybe they I, I have no idea but no it didn't look computerized cartoony to me and I was impressed by that but it's immediately negated by the fact well what happened right before that he there's a thing with keys for some reason Richter holds on to keys you know someone yeah. he finds he finds Dante with his his face cut open and that was a pretty good looking uh, injury
0: yeah the, that reveal that he'd been he'd had like his basically he'd been cut like along his lower jaw because we didn't see his face we just saw him kind of walking around that was actually a decent reveal i, I yeah. agree with that yeah yeah
1: but instead of saying uh take the key you know here i had the keys dante doesn't give him to the bus driver and, and go get out of here he holds yeah. on to him just yeah. so we can get the scene where mel is reaching into his dead hand to, to get his keys but but uh, i mean back to like the kills i thought i thought they were okay i would give those like a six out of ten if i was to to grade them
0: yeah Uh, i think the the movie itself wouldn't rate anywhere near that high no uh, the the you know the kills at least looked convincing uh there was some degree of inventiveness uh you know i don't know i mean it didn't feel like exactly stuff we'd seen before you know i mean and and the
1: bus yeah okay they 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 full-on did Texas chainsaw massacring, you know, he just goes to town yeah. endlessly. But the, the problem is he's going to town on a, what do they call those things in video games? The the non-player the NPCs, characters. Yeah. They're all NPCs. Yeah. So They're, the exact- like,
0: <laughs> They're yeah. all NPCs uh, with cell phones, uh, Mel and Lila trying to get through the roof of the, of the bathroom of the bus. That was a, a decent enough sequence, but there's uh, two moments that we just have to assume one, that, okay, I guess they get out the, the roof and then they jump down or something because all we know is now they're on the ground. And then there's also, when I alluded to uh, Mel getting uh, just coated in sewage under the house, she was up against a grate out of a window. And Lila was on the other side. And then she's pulling her out as she's covered. And, and I'm like, all right, I guess maybe they felt like we don't need the scene where she like pulls it out you know, pulls off the grating. And I'm like, I I don't know. I just wanted the, the little hint of logic for how they got out of those I, situations. You know, that's a
1: great point. I totally missed that. I did, yeah. you know, she's covered in feces, we're all sewage. And I was taken aback by the, I mean, look, I, I have, I'm the youngest of, of of four, I have four older brothers, right? Sure. And uh, I get you want to hug your, your loved ones, but she's covered in human feces yeah. and the, the script just forgets that. And she's hugging her and digging her fingers through the back of her hair. It's like, that's just, yeah. That's just that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know. but yeah, the script totally forgets that she was covered in feces because. There's, there's yeah. Now let's,
0: let's move on from that, you know, in terms of the, the screenwriting. Uh, yeah, I, there's you know, the I guess the mom is probably the the one the most likable character in the movie because, you know, just a bunch of bad shit happens and she didn't do anything wrong. She was just living her life. And uh, what was the name of the, the guy with the gun at the gas station who ends up working in the body shop? You said his name before. Victor. Uh, That's
1: Richter. Yeah.
0: He's, as it turns out, he's a fairly likable, you know, noble character to some extent. There's that weird exchange, though, where, like, you know, Lila's just talking to him and he asks if she wants to fire the gun. That obviously setting something up later. But uh, and then like Mel's like, did you fuck him? I'm like, wait, yes. what? She
1: was like with him for like four minutes. Yeah, and not know? only that, she looks about twelve, and he looked forty. Yeah. That was all. That was so. No, nobody was thinking that, Mel. What's wrong with yeah. you? This they movie has like, no sex. Stop no, yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, there, there, there couldn't be less sex in this movie. And, right,
1: everybody's non-binary, essentially. The whole movie yeah. is. The script is. And, you know, and go ahead. one thing I wanted to point out real quick, Christian, the, and I think this is really the fundamental flaw of the movie. Although I've. Given it nineteen fundamental flaws, <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it was about a family of killers. Yeah, right. You mentioned the grandfather; you were surprised he was still alive in part one. There's the hitchhiker character. Part two, I'd argue the best performance is Bill Mosley as Chop Top. There is yes, none of that here. There's no House of Horrors. It's just Leatherface is yeah, he's iconic and he's the main guy, but he is always supported by these very colorful other characters. You know, it's what House of a Thousand Corpses ripped off. And uh, this movie completely abandons that and just makes Leatherface the guy, which I think makes it boring. You have a you have boring it's boring characters across the board. My other problem is you see the orphanage. We're introduced to the orphanage. Deliberately, we see it's been there since 1920. Right, and so okay, they're going to enter this house of horror. Oh, no, it's just a little old lady's house. Like, why do, there's nothing? There's nothing scary in that house, unless like like hair curlers and and the whole <laughs> the whole thing. Like Leatherface put his chainsaw in a wall for fifty years. Like what? Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> I, I yeah no no the logic of it. I agree with you a hundred percent. In terms of you know fan service of the reveal, I'm like all right, I get it. But yeah, why was it in there for all that time? You know, and uh, and
1: they do they're, they're so. It, there's nothing subtle about this movie because, yeah, they they give you uh, – they frame it so you can read the make and model number of the saw. So, okay, yeah. you can Google that and be like, oh, yeah, it's the original. Good job. Good oh, job, they, guys. They, they, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the props department
0: did their job. you know right. Good
1: job, set dressing. <laughs> yeah, good. You know how to use Google.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, look, it wouldn't be this kind of a movie if it didn't have – the false ending and for our audience on uh, YouTube or wherever you might be watching it on social media, uh, I'm not going to go all the way into it because I'm like, I don't even know. I mean, look, I'm playing it off YouTube. So clearly this video can exist there, but Mel and Lila, they're in their autopilot electric car, their self-driving car, which I guess really factors in. And then, Oh my gosh, Leatherface just drags her right out of the car. And then, you know, Lila is looking and uh, boy, I I grabbed that at the exact right second. I think a half second, a half second more. And, uh, you know, it but it's almost comical because um, no spoiler alert, uh, her head comes off. And then he's dancing in the street, holding it while Lila's self-driving car just pulls away
1: at five miles an hour.
0: Yeah. And that is the end of the movie. I mean, there's the scene in the credits that we talked about, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. I think it, it's fine. I didn't need them. You know, look, I didn't need to feel like these two sisters lived happily ever after. I think, uh, I think, uh, Lila, I guess earned another free pass at life because she was in that school shooting maybe, you know? So it's like, all right, I guess, you know, her, her uh, final destination. That was a point that, that Lila makes up at one point. She's like, I did this. I brought all this death around us because I got away from that one. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting, but let's never talk about it again Jealousist. because yeah. we don't want to make this movie interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, I, I liked the ending. I mean, you know, just the, for the pure visceral uh, shock of it. And it's like, okay, I hated that character and she got it. She got beheaded. Good. But it's too little too late. I mean, there's no sense. When you watch Texas Chainsaw One, especially, it's creepy and you, it's unpredictable. You don't know. It's not a movie that makes you feel safe or comfortable in any way. Yeah. And this one is completely safe and comfortable and there's no surprise over who lives and who dies except this one part at the very end, which is... You know, I don't know if it earned that. I don't know if it, it had the right to do that to the audience up yeah. to that point. But every, I guess in, in terms of everything contradicting itself, characters contradicting uh, themselves, I, I guess it makes sense because nothing in the movie does make sense.
0: Nothing in the movie makes sense, and uh, I'm I'm showcasing the the wide shot of Leatherface just standing with Mel's head in his hand. You can't really see it, so I figured, uh, what the uh, heck? You know, I'll put it up there.
1: Leatherface um, kind of looks like me, even with the mask <laughs> on. He's like, he's got a fat bulbous face probably drank too much well, and he's not exactly that's in the, shape. but he does kung fu pretty good
0: a yeah that's that's a great point he does have some good yeah he uh he he's uh he's trained in krav maga or something you know i mean he's there's a lot of time to fill when you're when your chainsaw is walled up in the middle of your house but you know i think that the the look of Leatherface is okay in this one i there is something about sort of the the lo-fi low quality mask in the original i think you know it's almost like it got a little cartoony almost toxic avengery looking in some of the sequels mm-hmm. you know where it was just like oh you could sell that mask is that is that, that a decision that, sometimes that
1: one right behind me yes
0: absolutely yeah yep. exactly but that that first one you can't because it, it looks like it's
1: made of faces <laughs> you know so it's like yeah it's rotting off yeah yeah, yeah exactly the The other thing I don't think we, we didn't touch upon it it has the whole I don't know if this was if like the script for the for the new Halloween films had already been in existence but this blatantly copies bringing what's her name Jenny back from the first film I don't know if that was her name the old lady from the first film that's a complete rip off of the latest uh, Halloween films that came out where Jamie right. e. Curtis. Sally Sally's her name Sally, yes. sorry, yeah sorry
0: but yeah the completely- first does nothing. Sorry.
1: You you could have cut that out of the movie. Does nothing for the film, and it's it does nothing for the it's film comical. because she, all she does is
0: like finally get killed fifty years later, which <laughs> she, it's fine, and it's like she tosses a gun to Lila or whatever the shotgun, and after... yeah, I think I think that the first and look they did three of those Halloween movies, uh, the the recent trilogy, and the first one was at least watchable but not great. The 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 middle one Agreed. is hands down one of the worst movies i've ever seen because like jamie lee curtis spends like half the movie in a hospital uh, in bed and not interacting with michael myers and it it's one of those things that a lot of times when movies are filmed concurrently uh sometimes neither of them turn know. out very good like the matrix matrix sequels other times you're like oh yeah they were just saving everything for the last one you know And, uh, but I, 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 they, that idea had definitely been out there and I think it worked in that, that first of the Halloween, uh, reboot, you know, where she finally, at least as a
1: fan, there's a potential for it to be good. I I don't know if anybody was thinking, wow, I sure hope Sally gets another crack at Leatherface (laughs) that really didn't exist. Right. Exactly.
0: Uh, yeah also I don't know just uh, m- my hunch if that had happened to me uh, Texas is the last place in the world I would continue to live but you know that's just me I guess she she either told that story to anybody who would listen or never talked about it again depending on who you believe and I choose to believe John Larkett by the way so uh, he's he's never lied to me before
1: she went into uh, literal public service like <laughs> she was so yeah. traumatized she had to be isolated <laughs> I'll, I'll get a job in the public sector
0: yeah so I, I don't know it's um and it, this wasn't well received i don't know if netflix planned i think at that one point it had had a working title of like new beginnings or something uh i can't quite remember i'd read something Some, about it but something like that I'm sure they were trying to do a franchise from it but then i think it's uh it's back to the old drawing board with this one you know uh
1: but although They'll come out with another one in another two years. And of course it'll be Lila is now Leatherface. She's running around the traumatized victim of the school shooting and survivor of this. And she I mean, becomes Leatherface. She's only one and weighs 90 pounds.
0: but You say that, but whatever the next one is, will not be as interesting of a story as that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they'll conveniently forget this one. You know how, like speaking of Halloween, how, uh, you know, there's so many different chronologies of whether you believe this movie or that movie and, and you know, that trilogy was like, no, just the first one and, and you ignore everything, everything else. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's what they, uh, what they do here. Uh, I want to catch up on some stuff from the chat. Uh, Brian Spears, your co-host, mentioned that he couldn't name the movie yet, uh, but he did do some low-budget horror film during the pandemic awaiting release. In Greenwood Lake, New York. Oh, I mean, I was uh, I was back in uh, Greenwood Lake uh, last year. I hadn't been there in years, and uh, it, it's a you have to understand. It really is sort of like you know, small town. There was like no really no chain restaurants, no chain anything. Growing up, it was like you know, we had like a one supermarket and somehow like four video stores. And I go back, and there's like a Dunkin' Donuts in the middle of town. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where was this when I was a kid? You know, but uh, so, uh, I, I, it'll be interesting to uh, see. Uh, Derek Jeter had a house there at one point uh, that uh, he sold for. Uh, I don't. I don't know that how much time he ever spent there, but uh, it, he had a very nice, uh, oh, nice. establishment. Yeah. Uh, Dominicus Saxon earlier said, "In horror movies, not resorting to a gore fest is critical when it comes out." When it came out, Blair Witch scared the frick, which is uh, Idaho, and for fuck out of everyone, no matter what they say now. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, mm-hmm. and that was why we focused on Blair Witch Project on Yo Remember the 90s is because you have to look at it in the context of when it came out. I couldn't imagine. And, and we all said this, uh, OJ Cardiff and I, we all said, I can't imagine watching Blair Witch Project ever again in my life. Maybe like, oh, I want to see a scene that I remember because it's interesting the way that I remember it being filmed, but you know, that had the, that was like the first, like, you know, internet backstory of like, here's the website, here's these fake news reports. Here's all this stuff. Could this be real? I don't know if it's real. Hey, if that's real, why the fuck are these three turning up at the MTV awards? You know, but up until that point, you know, and just, they did a great job with that. And just, uh, you know, an otherwise, you know, movie that's kind of like, eh, But there were legitimate jump scares in that movie, and that's what I was saying at the beginning of our conversation. People were legitimately scared, and I could see that being the case for the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This movie had a limited theatrical run, like most things on Netflix, because they want to qualify for awards. Uh, You might be surprised, Carlos, but um, this uh, this did not win awards. Of, no, of any kind. I, I I should check the Razzies from last year. Actually, I'll <laughs> give a Dabbler
1: of the week. My next episode,
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. Over Hackride. Oh well, Hackride is uh, is also America's favorite demon. You know, we talked about uh, America's favorite puppet, America's favorite potato, uh, and and all of those things. Uh, and, uh, Oh, here comes, here comes your buddy. It's, uh, AI red. People think I'm a serial killing strangler driving around back roads from gig to gig. I just tell them it's part of my quote, dark comedy act. Well, the, the, the pink blanket would throw people off of the, uh, off of the trail and uh kinky loco, uh, does respect my decision to not send the link to Eugene. Uh, and, I'm not sure how to say this name but uh it's just oh that is
1: o umlat
0: yeah o umlat the bus scene is the only watchable part of that shit show of a movie uh, you don't need to insult my guest i don't think that uh that's that's necessary
1: i'm not carlos uh, i'm eugene yeah well Carl. eugene's a good boy
0: uh the kills are it great cool. but they have no heart emptiness brian says do you feel that was the case that's a I, i'd love to start a, a a really bitter divide between you and your co-host all, over a terrible movie well,
1: we, we've known each other since preschool we hate each other oh, immensely but God, i would say perfect. uh i don't know look they're all right I don't know how, how does a kill half hard. I'm not exactly sure. Well, I guess he's saying it, it's more AI generated. Look, th- the way to That's watch fair. this movie is to go to YouTube and just search "Texas Chain Netflix Chainsaw Massacre Kills." That's the way to watch this movie and just watch a few of the kills. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I it's guess it, it's like we we're saying when he goes into, or like I said, when he goes into the the bus, it's just he's killing NPCs. There's no yeah, right, exactly. Lost. You're not
0: invested in it. I mean, right. You know the the original. Texas Chainsaw Massacre you know Sally's brother is this kid in a wheelchair who uh, has no chance you know I mean literally has no chance you know there's not too many of those in horror movies where it's like can we get the disabled and uh the the handy capable uh you know go face to face with a serial killer let's see what they're able to do you know um, talking about not having Leatherface's family earlier, Dominicus Saxon pointed out Leatherface alone is as bad as Jake without Elwood, That's or brilliant. it's as bad as Blues Brothers 2000. What do you think about that? <laughs> I don't uh, know if I'd say that Blues Brothers 2000. Okay. We've got to draw the line somewhere. And TL yeah. Stock, the Nightmare on Elm Street the cultural final front. jump scare door window scene is still effective to this day, in my opinion. Uh, I agree with uh, with that, Uh, you know, talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, when Carlos and I were trading messages, I remember that I liked the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot with Jackie Earl Haley that was poorly received and they didn't make any more. They haven't even made any with Robert England or anything since then uh i i don't know i mean do you have movies like that we're specifically talking about this genre where you're like i don't know i didn't think it was that bad you know i i I like jackie earl haley i mean it was a good moment in time to use him you know like what if what if kelly leak you know killed the bad news bears let's watch that
1: (laughs) yeah i thought that that casting was going to go well i remember nothing about that particular movie i mean i guess I don't know. I'm not a comic book guy, so I don't know sure. the whole history lore of all that stuff. But I like Watchmen, which it seems to be. I'm yeah. not supposed to. You're talking about the reason. the
0: TV show or the Zack Snyder movie or no? Part? That
1: that TV show was too smart for its own good. I couldn't. I, I had to set my TV on fire. No, the Zack Snyder movie I thought was entertaining.
0: <laughs> I found it entertaining. the The Zack Snyder one. I I saw that in the theater, and I mean, it's like I you know, I see I see all the superhero movies, so I'm not like, oh, it's not my favorite, but I'm like, you know what, it is is it's different. Yeah, you know, this is before he made his Superman movie. You know, before you know, Superman fought Batman for eight minutes in a movie. You know, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. no, I think I think Zack Snyder, when you let him have his vision, uh, he can tell some really interesting stories. Uh, and I think he'll be better suited, you know, not playing in the DC comic book sandbox in, in the future. Uh, Dominica Saxon. I thought the nightmare reboot was well done, but mostly due to Haley's impressive acting ability. I think he's, he's good as Freddie and they kind of tell the, uh, but it's tough. It is one of those things that, uh, you know, Robert England is so identifiable with that role uh, that, uh, but also look, the movie wasn't great. I just remember liking it and thinking like, Oh, I guess they'll make more of these, but uh uh, kinky Loco, is this true that you hate Day of the Dead even though it's great?
1: Absolutely true. I, I think I don't know how people. Th- there's this retroactive love for it. I think it had the potential to be a great movie, but I can't get past uh, the Jamaican accents, the ham <laughs> acting. I've seen better acting in like Jenna Jameson porn from 1991. <laughs> it's so wooden. I love Dawn of the Dead. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I, you know, I, whenever George Romero would appear at a horror convention, I would go see him in the tri-state area. Nice. But I, Day of the Dead is boring. I mean, the, it, when it finally gets going, it's great, but wow, it takes it takes a year to get there. Yeah. No, definitely. I uh, unless you are high, I, kinky low.
0: Right. Well, yeah, that's a that's a different story entirely. Yeah. In general, uh, zombies are just sort of my least favorite adversary. It's probably the thing that makes them the most compelling, but oh, I, for storytelling, I, I, I just uh, you know, I'm just like. Oh, yeah. Look, there's more of them. Oh, what are they going to do? Try and eat your brains? Oh, my gosh. I hope you're going to get away. So I think in the right dose, I can enjoy it. But I like I can't imagine watching even four seasons of uh, Walking Dead, let alone like seven
1: or eight, you know. So, you know, to, to, yeah, to, that, that show. I, I love zombies. But yeah, Walking Dead should have stopped after maybe three. But I think, that you know, if you want to watch Day of the Dead, go Night of the Living Dead. Dawn of the yeah. Dead, and then just watch 28 Days Later and let that stay 28 in. Days Later. Uh, good movie. That's the
0: Danny Boyle movie.
1: I really yes. like that. I thought that yeah. was great. And the
0: original Night of the Living Dead is, you know, like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're watching it through the again in that bubble of like, okay, people had never seen anything quite like this before. And you and and just, you know, you've seen a lot of things like it. Some of them made the same. Eugene, I think you're being a bad boy in the chat. Uh, there's a there's a bark bark. I am not a fat Mexican bark, bark. I, I don't know what that's. I, I'm just hey. going to, I'm going to play the, I don't even know what that means. Eugene. Boggs, I, ban him. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, don't want to ban anybody. <laughs> We've got, I've got 11 people in the chat. You know, what am I going to do No, Eugene's a good boy, but uh, you know, Such maybe, a good boy. maybe somebody has to take Eugene out for a walk. Well, uh, Carlos, I'm glad we had this. Uh, I'm glad we had this time together as uh, Carol Burnett would say. And uh, I'm glad that I had an excuse to watch this movie. I'm sorry. This is really important. Dominica Saxon uh, wants it to be known. He is a fat Mexican. Um, I've actually, all these years that uh, Dominica Saxon has been watching and listening to my stuff. I have no idea what he looks like, except for the fact that that's how he has identified himself. Uh, So, Uh, But uh, I'm glad that uh, and I thought that this was a this was a great choice for Halloween, you know, because, yeah, we could talk about the filmmaking of any of like the real Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, even the reboot, the Michael Bay reboot. But uh, talking about this one, I think, was uh, probably the most fun. And uh, Eugene agrees. So, Eugene, you're back on the good boy list. This was a good stream. Uh, And, uh, you know, I'm glad we started at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific because I knew that there was no way we'd com- be competing with John Melendez uh, because uh, you've noticed, I don't know how closely you follow uh, John's streams, but uh, they've moved to the middle of the day, Pacific time. Oh, have they're, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, well, we're, we're trying, and I'll, I'll announce it here. We're trying a new time for who are these broadcasters uh, next Tuesday. We're going to do it at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, so that we're not up against John and mlc and shuli we were up against like four shows this week and i think we did pretty good i think we do a good show myself ray DeVito prob- we're, up, we're
1: up against ray devito right now i believe if everyone can go in his chat and steal them for the end of this broadcast he's got <laughs> thousands
0: well we have ai ray so why should anybody yes. actually be watching real ray when we have that <laughs> we have his brain
1: uh, overlord
0: yeah uh and tl uh, enjoyed this dominica saxon said uh fun chat and then talking about john he just asked the important question who, and uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. So uh, if people want to see more of you, I know you mentioned at the beginning of the show, but uh, let everybody know where uh, they can find you and what you're up to.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So it's insufferable bastards. It's on YouTube. We usually, we do one episode a week. Uh, I think we're going to, we usually do Friday or Saturday, sometimes Sunday. I don't know. I have a wacky schedule, but I am scheduled to interview that guy Carl from WATP tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm going to record that gonna ask well, him let me let of... me
0: ask this question who
1: carl from <laughs> WATP. <laughs> you know fellow upstate new yorker guy uh so yeah we'll probably release that i think we're gonna record it and, and then release it live and like roast our own i'll roast myself i'll be calling myself fat in the chat yeah. do something like that so look for that i don't know saturday or sunday
0: well, uh, if, uh, before you talk to him, you should uh, catch a snippet of the most recent who are these podcasts, uh, where Husey came in armed with clips oh, from a, uh, Bruce Springsteen podcast hosted by Scott Ackerman and, uh, uh, uh Adam Scott. And, uh, in addition to talking about Bruce Springsteen, they do a lot of uh, improv comedy to fill out the hour. Oh, and, God. uh, Husey showed up with clips that were like four minutes long and uh, there were no jokes. (laughs) Carl's like, what are you trying to do to me anyway? So uh, that's, that'd be a good starting point, but uh, that's great. Yeah. Carl was once a guest on this show uh, back in January. It was actually our 10th anniversary episode. Uh, I asked him, to go through our first episode from January of 2013 and uh, pull some clips. And I pulled some clips as well. And um, I, uh, at some point in the middle, he's like, he's like, I don't usually do this to somebody's face. Uh, I'm being a lot nicer uh, than I would be if you weren't here. And I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I'm here because he wasn't being very nice. He was a (laughs) dick. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what I wanted. That's why I did it. And that's why, uh, that's why, That's why we love Carl. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, well, that will be great. And, uh, and uh, do you want people following you on social media or do you want them to have no. look for you? Okay. So
1: patreon.com slash <laughs> rate of
0: Well, I think that a great, a great place to end would be uh, that Eugene points out that Ray Devito is a bad dog. Uh, but I consider myself to be a good dog. You can of course find the black cast here on our YouTube channel, bladtcast. uh, the audio version uh, this will be up after the weekend uh, plenty of time for your holiday enjoyment b-l-a-d-t-c-a-s-t i'm on twitter and instagram at christian d-m-z and as i mentioned who are these broadcasters tuesdays on the who are these podcasts network we're going to give it a try 2 p.m eastern on uh, our next episode uh, but you know early afternoon on the East coast. That's, that's the key that you really uh, need to understand there. And if you're a big nerd like me, I do shows for a network called Geekscape, and uh, you'll see us uh, wrapping up episode three of Loki on Disney plus. Uh, so you can check out all that stuff. But uh, again, at Christian DMZ, you'll find everything you need to know. Thanks again to everyone in the chat. But anyway, that is all the time we have for now. Thanks again to everyone, especially to Carlos for taking the time, and we will see you next time on The Blackcast. Thank you for listening to The Bladcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F A R D. M U H A M M A D. We will see you next time on the Bladcast.
1: And the Bladcast showing up, my buddy Christian. I'd like to announce that Eric Zane and I will no longer be discussing Quincy reruns on who are these broadcasters (laughs) this (laughs) week, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'll tell you one place you can do it, Christian. (laughs) Go to Um. budmike.net, subscribe to the Patreon. If I find
0: (laughs) out, those motherfuckers are talking about thunder in paradise, Carter. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, fuck them up.
1: I, we own this on the creep off motherfuckers. All right. No one else talking about thunder and paradise. <laughs> That's my thing. Um, better hope yeah, we don't so, get to that Quincy finale real quick to, um, uh, the Bladcast, Christian Blatt, him and Eric Zane host who are these broadcasters on the, who are these podcasts, YouTube channel. And we are having a special time on Tuesday, 2 PM rather than our regular 3 PM. So an hour earlier coming up this Tuesday. Hello.
0: I'm Conrad Dane. What's the matter, Senor Luigi? You look a little nervous. I'm very nervous. No invite. <laughs> Who are you, Christian Bland?
1: No, Christian, you're, you're a talker. Talk no, you're like the I worst broadcast ever.
0: Well, this has been the black cast. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Jeff DuRay, not on Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm getting ready to break into a Slim Jim. Yeah.
0: Right on. I don't know music and I knew immediately what the song was. Yeah, yeah.
1: of course. This is not a good game.
0: <laughs> but you haven't heard Christian Blatt do it. <laughs> oh, that's
1: that. true. I forgot Christian Blatt did that with us. The well, Blattcast. So Thank you, Christian. We How you is it that Wendy game, is so much so better Chad at this than Stud Joe, Chad, and before. Kevin Brennan? Whoa! Hacka, hackas. As pissed off as Vinny is at you, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. be at Christian Blatt and Eric Zane. This one came in from my buddy Christian Blatt. The Blackcast. Thank you for the 199 Christian. Christian. Cardiff, grab your guitar. To play whole lot of Rosie, Mousies, the Bladcast one ninety nine. Who's had more hands up their bum, Chad or Tuki? Chad. Thank you, Bladcast. The Bladcast. The Bladcast is hundred percent right. Uh the Bladfest. The Bladcast. The Bladcast.
0: One of the best podcasts you can ever see, the Bladcast. whoop you do We're watching it. We got no Wi-Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it.
1: Go watch the Bladcast. Good luck with the whole thing. And you know, here's to another 500. Get you to a thousand. You know, which is more than 500 last time I checked. Totally forgot. I am doing the
0: Bladcast tomorrow. Uh, the Bladcast 4.99. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. <laughs> that was not
1: my fault. He loves you all more than a friend. I love Tukey. Yay! (laughs) Hacka hacka!
0: I'm so excited!
1: What are you doing? Try anything and you
0: cancel, bro.